The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to OnlyFans Q&A Live, a question and answer show exclusive to OnlyFans and Miami Dolphins Discord server. Now here's your host, Alf. And welcome to a special edition of Q&A Live. Uh, we're just going to talk about this playoff game that's going to take place in Kansas City in ungodly weather. Roughly, yeah, about 20... Four and a half hours from right now when we're recording this. So, yeah, we're about a day away. Um, there is nothing to report on the injury front. Dolphins landed already in Kansas City. Everybody's asking, uh, you know, will Javon Holland play? Will Jalen Waddle play? Wallen, oh, I th- I, I'm pretty certain that Mostert and Waddle are going to play. They're expected to play. Uh, both safeties are a game time decision. That's as far as I know. That's as far as anybody knows right now. That's all there is to know. Uh, I'm certain that they'll announce something. You'll hear something at halftime of the Texans Browns game because that's I think uh, I think for the playoffs they're going to release it. I think two hours before before game time is the inactive list. So you'll learn a little bit more. So we shall see then. I was I was telling a story the last time that we met uh, on Q and A Live, which was two days ago, uh, about Ricky Williams, and you know I didn't finish the story, and somebody asked me to elaborate on it. It's it's pretty simple. It was I'll get you the exact date, December first, two thousand two. Seven and five Dolphins versus the Buffalo Bills, that who were six and six. Bills ended up winning thirty eight twenty one. Okay, but that game got away from the from the Dolphins late in the in the in the second half, late in the third quarter into the fourth quarter. They gave up a lot, a couple of long touchdowns. But Ricky Williams ran for two hundred and twenty eight yards on twenty seven carries in twenty five degree weather and snow flurries. Okay, and if you remember. Uh, I know some of you are saying, wait a minute, you know, by the way, the Dolphins were actually favored in that game by two points. Okay. But I know some of you were, were thinking, well, but you know, this is 25 degrees yet, but that was on AstroTurf back then. Okay. 25 degrees on AstroTurf might as well be playing in a parking lot. Okay. Uh, they go out for warmups and Ricky Williams goes out there with a ski mask. This is the story, by the way, he goes out there with a ski mask, uh, thermals. Uh, sleeves, the, the whole shebang. And he's in warm-ups, and he's like, I can't feel the ball. 
I can't catch the ball. He goes back in the locker room and and he tells one of the coaches, "It's too cold. I'm not playing." <laughs> and some of the coaches are like, "What? What? What do you mean you're not playing?" Yeah, it's too cold. Have you been out there? I can't play out there. I can't move. I can't play. I don't think I'm going to play. Somebody finally got to him and told him, you know what? Play. And I don't know you're going to play. Take off all the shit that you're wearing. He was wearing like all types of <laughs> weird gloves and thermal, thermal forearm pads and all type of crap that he was wearing. He was even wearing a ski mask. And on top of the ski mask, he put on like a beanie across his face to cover part of his face. Okay. And well, he takes all of that stuff off. And he's like, well, I'm going to play, but I'm going to need the ball early to, to, to stay involved and to feel my blood flowing. Well, sure enough, gets the ball early, often has a 45 yard uh, run for a touchdown. Uh, like four minutes into the game and goes into halftime, comes out of halftime again and has another 55-yard run for a touchdown. He has that big game uh, in that great season that he had. But, yeah, the whole story was, you know, what he set his mind to pl- actually play in, he forgot, he forgot about how cold he actually was. He was actually freezing his ass off to the point where he was thinking about not playing at all. So tomorrow's going to be interesting, to say the least. Uh, they're going to install, uh, for what I'm reading, okay, and what has been reported today, they're going to install extra heated heating stations, okay? They're going to put one in the tunnel. So... It's conceivable that you might see this tomorrow where special teams players like punters, long snappers, and field goal kickers are going to be in the tunnels uh, in between drives so they could stay warm enough so when they go out there, they can actually perform their duties, especially the long snappers, okay? That's going to be key. Um, special teams going to play a, a factor. Like, uh, if you win the coin toss, do you ask for the ball? You know, uh, that's going to be, it's going to be interesting to play that, how to play that tomorrow. I would think it's a, it's a field position game. Um, the field should be in good condition. Uh, it's a heated field. It's the year 2024. So those things get taken care of. I'm pretty sure it's being covered right now because there's a, there's a, there was snow all day until about five o'clock, um, or no, it's actually going to snow through the night until tomorrow, until 5 o'clock. That's what I see here. So there's going to be plenty of snow. So yeah, they'll cover that field. Those coils will keep the field relatively moist. When they uncover the field, uh, I think the condensation that will be on it will dissipate because of the, the heating coils. And that will keep the, the grass nice and plush. So... I think the field is actually going to feel pretty good. It's not a field turf, okay? It's actual natural grass, okay? So, and in fact, let me go check what's the arrowhead grass because this is going to be important. Uh, 
All right. Um. Uh. This is my favorite part of the show, where you just where I'm looking up the actual grass of the field that they're going to play on, if it's Bermuda or any other kind. Okay, they're gonna uh, they play on tartan turf. Okay, no, they moved that out, and now they use Northbridge Bermuda grass. Okay, from 2013 to the present. Okay, is this is not the same Bermuda grass that Miami uses? It's different. This is from a little bit more up north. It's like a golf. It's just to give you an idea of what this grass is like. Uh, go to your local municipal golf course and the fairways. That's it right there. Okay. It's a, uh, it's a woven grass. Okay. That'll hold up really, really well, especially with those heating coils. So the field will be in really, really good condition. What won't be in good condition is your hands and your feet and your extremities because the, the windshield is going to be minus 30. So. That's going to be a disaster. Uh, I don't know how you play this. It's going to be a first for everybody involved, including the Chiefs. Anybody who thinks that this is some type of home field advantage is insane. This is not an advantage for anybody. Okay? The only way this is a home field advantage is if if, if the weather was actually normal. You know, like let's say 30, 35 degrees. If the weather was 32 degrees, 33 degrees, something like that, no snow, Huge advantage for Kansas City. They're at home. It's Arrowhead, but I don't expect to, I don't expect there to be a big crowd. They're putting heating stations in the concourses, so I don't expect too many fans to be out there in in that weather. I think you're gonna have some of the crazies out there for the first quarter, and by mid second quarter, you're gonna have them ducking for cover. Uh, all right, I'm gonna bring up a, a couple of you. You're waiting patiently in the queue, and then I will get to some questions before we get out of here. Um. As I bring you up, just identify yourself so that way the audience knows who you are. What's up, Alf? It's uh, Lucy Goosey. Hey. Uh, uh, so, about the cold, um, just to give my bona fides, I guess. I played uh, two years of college ball at West Virginia, and winters got cold up there. So, when you're running around, you're the, the players aren't going to feel the cold when they're running around. Maybe... Maybe when you're standing on the sideline, that's when you feel it. But um, you know, you they you won't feel it while you're running around. Kind of to what your point about that story on Ricky. But um, my question for you, and it may not really be for this game, it's just a thought in general. Because of our O line, uh, Tua had all quickly and faster than anybody has in the history of the game, basically. I can, it, that was viewed as a strength of Tua, but can that also be the uh, Achilles heel of this offense, that he's got to get rid of the ball so quickly things don't tend to develop for him? Well, you got to you gotta take the good with the bad. If this offense also had a seven-step drop-back game without any run actions, uh, this offense would be the greatest offense in the history of the sport. As it stands, it's just the best offense this NFL season. So you can't have everything, but that's something that they got to work on in the off season. They got to go get, uh, they got to work on the offensive line. Uh, I like the tackles. I like one guard. I think they got to work on the other two spots. They got to decide on Connor Williams. And I think they have to settle that left guard spot. I will use the draft pick. 
I like the kid from from Washington. So does everybody else. And I think that that kid figures in their long-term plans as well. So he could take over for Teron Armstead in a year. So he's the he's the clubhouse favorite as the most logical pick going forward. But, yeah, gotcha. that's something they obviously have to work on. As of right now, they use run actions to get to their their five and seven step, step drops and their deeper passes. And those run actions tend to work. Uh, I talked about it in our preview show uh, that I did with Chris. You could get that on our feed right now. Um, by the way, and this is Q&A Live, so if anybody wants to participate in this, all you got to do is become a member. Uh, you can become a member of our Discord at discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans, and you can become a member there for $3 a month. Uh, I talked about this in our preview show. The Chiefs, the last time we played them, all our run actions, they were bailing so fast that Many times you could see it because I was looking at it and I was like, and I was rerunning the play over and over and over again. And I'm like, Drew Tranquil and these guys, a lot of these linebackers are bailing on the run action before the mesh point. So they don't even know if we're handing it off to Raheem Mostert on these plays. And they're still bailing. That was leaving the flats wide open. Uh, Tua could have dinked and dunked. Uh, to death, the the Kansas City Chiefs in Frankfurt. He just did it. He he wanted to take some some bigger shots downfield. Uh, the flats were wide open. Stands to reason they'll be wide open again. Um, yeah. How many uh, how many runs do you think for our running back room tomorrow? Depends on the snaps, but I would say at least a three to one ratio. So yeah. So 30 carries, 10 passes seems right. Um, if the offense is, I think if you could end the game with 40 carries and 20 pass attempts, you won the game. If if you show me no, only one stat at the end of the game and you, and you show me, look, uh, Dolphins played 60 offensive snaps. First, I'll be like, 60 is an okay number. That's a healthy number, you know? Unless, you know, uh, unless, you know, you went to overtime. But 60 is a pretty healthy number. And then you told me 40 carries and 20 passes. I, I would tell you right away, okay, they won. They won. So that's the formula. Be balanced, but disbalanced. You know, and they got to be conservative. And and like Tua said, man, if they could time one of those zero blitzes, that'd be awesome. Because they could get a cheap one. And they get a cheap touchdown, a cheap cheap touchdown could be the, the whole deciding factor in the entire game. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. All right. As I bring you up, uh, identify yourself so that way the audience knows who you are. Hey, what's up, Al? Finn's mechanic, um, inside leverage. Uh, appreciate you for having me. Um, we had a Mose, Josh Moser and uh, Will Mantle um, in our live uh, YouTube Twitter uh, show the other day. They mentioned about Waddle and how he didn't really look good. He looked like he was struggling a little. Just wanted to know your thoughts. Um, I did see Ian Rappaport mention that they're expecting him to play. So what are your thoughts? What have you seen? What have you heard? Uh, he's a tough guy. I, I haven't seen him work out this week. I saw him work out last week. Okay. Plus, I had a, a little spy report uh, from last week as well saying that he was moving well and that he could have ran buddy routes against the, the Buffalo Bills. 
they deemed him not healthy enough to be a part of the entire game plan. Here's another thing. Uh, last week, he was part of the install very, very, very late. McDaniel gets very, very nervous about inserting a new player if they weren't involved in the entire install. Well, Jalen Waddle's been involved in the entire install this week. So he has the game plan in hand. I think he'll play. Um, remember that the media only sees a portion of practice. They don't see the rest of it. Okay? They see a portion at the beginning and a portion at the end. They don't see they don't see what a lot of the other guys are you know a lot of what the uh, a lot of what the coaches are seeing or what the trainers are are working on with them. So I expect them to play. the The only guys that I'm worried about are the two safeties. I think they're true game time decisions. And you know Holland has been uh, he took himself out of the game, which is a terrible sign to see against the Buffalo Bills. So that's the one to monitor. Uh, he's important. So is Deshaun Elliott. Those are the two big injuries that you got to monitor. All right. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Chris H. Oh, one last question. Yep. Um, so between Deshaun Elliott and Javon Holland, with that, with the whole, con- uh, what you're saying about putting them late on installs, do you feel that they might do that with Elliott? I think he's the most likely to play, but... Um, because he's still working with the the calf, is is he a, is he is it kind of going to be like kind of like what they did with Waddle? Hey, we're just going to hold you to uh for the next game if we win this uh this this round of the playoffs. Well, for defensive players, it's it's completely and thank you for that. Uh, I'm going to try to get somebody else up here that's waiting in the queue. But for defensive players, it's a little bit different than offensive players. Offensive players for the install, they got to actually orchestrate the install they got to orchestrate the game plan so they're doing a walkthrough the defense is different it's more classroom stuff so you could be in the training room all day like Deshaun Elliott has been and still get the defensive game plan because all you needed is is your your iPad you get your iPad or their tablet because I think they use HPs you get your tablet you know you got the game plan on there you got all the film all the relevant film you got to watch and you could get to it. You also have all the facilities that you can use to watch anything you want to watch on on the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll got they'll get you a cut up in seconds, and you have access to all the coaches as well. So defense is a little bit different. If you ever watch the defense as Vince Stall, all they do is line up. That's it. They line up, and then uh, the dummy offense will either run a motion. So then they have to you know, go through the motions as far as who's passing off to who, who's picking up who, and that's it, you know. It's just orchestration. The offense, they actually run routes in the install, and, you know, they try to get the proper looks for the quarterback and for the receivers. So they try to run to the right depth. All of that is really important. So offensive install is much more different than than defensive install. That's why when you watch or read my uh, camp reports every single year, 
when they do install, I go right to where the offense is and I ignore the defense because all you're going to be seeing in the defense is them lining up and them reacting to motions. That's it. That's all you're going to see. And then you're going to see them half-ass their drops. But on the offense, you actually you actually get to see the routes. You actually get to see the play calls. So that's why it's much more important to be and to be present for the offensive install than it is for the defensive install. So, but those are the two that are are that you got to monitor. All right, as I bring you up, and then I'm going to get to some questions in the chat. But as I bring you up, ident- identify yourself for the the audience so they know who you are. All right, you're up. You got to mute yourself. Yep. Hey, how are you? Hey, there you um, go. I, I, I would, uh, Pure Cliff here from New York, right outside of New York City. I would echo Lucy Goosey's comments. I play a lot of platform tennis in sub-zero weather. And as long as you're running around, you got some layers on, those layers come off, you're good. I'm really worried about the guys who are just sitting on the sidelines, though. It's, that's where it gets tough. Um, question though, we, we know we're going to run the ball as, um, uh, everyone's brought up. What do you think that breakdown is going to be? When I look at last year's game and I look at that game a lot, that Buffalo game, I still can't get over how close it was when you look at who was playing. I mean, our running backs were Ahmed and, and Wilson. That was it. I don't even know who was on the offensive line, but I know Armstead wasn't there and many others weren't. They signed Lester um, Cotton on a Thursday, and he started the playoff game on a Saturday. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So we had seven sacks. Three and a half of those sacks are not available this game between Chubb and Phillips, but Sealer had two. Wilkins had uh, half. I think um, um, uh, Elijah Campbell had one or half. Anyway, but as far as the breakdown of the running backs, we, we know we're going to run the ball. How do you think that breakdown is going to be? I could see Wilson, maybe if he gets on a roll, just kind of steamrolling a little bit and having a little bit more if they if they do stop kind of what we're doing with, with A-Chan and so forth. But between A-Chan, Mostert, so many plays, and Wilson, let's, you know, what do you think that percentage breakdown could be between the three of them, given the weather and such? Uh, and this type of weather, you want a guy that has a very high step rate. So you want a guy who who has really choppy feet. Jeff Wilson has choppy feet. You know who has the choppiest feet of them all? Devon Achan. Uh, I think Devon Achan should get the ball as much as possible. I think Raheem Moser's coming off of an injury. He's more like a smooth glider. I think he'll get some of the, I don't know, the garbage snaps. Uh, you know, the snaps where Achan has gotten the ball three out of the last five snaps, and he needs a breather, and in comes Raheem Mostert. I think they'll play all three. Uh, and I think Ingle will play a big role because I think that they'll stay in 21 personnel for the most part in this game with both wide receivers, Waddle and Tyreek. So you're going to see uh, you're going to see them roll out their best, you know, their 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 most talented personnel grouping out there for the most part in this game. Yep. Got it. Okay. All good. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't be any more clear. Devon A. Chan has to get the ball, man, 25 times. Yes, something like that. You're not going to get a, a healthy Raheem Mostert. Uh, you know, you're going to get a guy who's coming back at what, 85, 90% maybe? 
Jeff Wilson is going to make a lot of sense because he has that rate of step also that I talked about. He has those choppy steps, which are, are good in this type of weather. Um, and it's not like, you know, the weather immobilizes people, but it, it softens people. It just does. People just move a little slower, <laughs> you know. Certain guys won't, you know, can handle it. Hopefully we have the guys that can handle it. We've seen Jalen Waddle play really, really well and play really, really fast against the Buffalo Bills last year in the snow. And we know Tyreek has experience in this type of weather. So, all right, let me get let me get to some of these these questions here. All right, uh, which guys on the injury report do you see not being able to go? Like I said, it's it's down to those two safeties. Those are the ones that are important. Would I be surprised if both don't go? Uh, no, I would not be surprised. Would I be surprised if they both did go? Yes, I think uh, one of them might not go. My bet is on Elliott giving it a go and Holland sitting the game out. But we shall see. We shall see. Uh, they both want to play. Uh, let me see. How many snaps do you expect the OGs of the defensive line to play in this game, man? Look, they're going to try to keep them as fresh as possible. And I know they want to play the 50 fronts because that's their most effective front, especially that's how you best hide guys that you're getting off the street. Okay? You bring in Justin Houston, and you can essentially just tell him in the huddle. Like, you tell him in the huddle, uh, you, you rush the passer here. Or you tell him, uh, you rush the passer, you got the flat. So you got the flat, or, or you tell him, you got the flat, short zone. You know, so you could you could just give him two words, and he has the play call. You know? So their 50 fronts are extremely important. Their 50 fronts are the ones where uh, – you know, Raquan Davis is going to play on either side of the of the of the center, and you're going to play with both defensive tackles, one in three technique and one in five technique. So, uh, I expect them to be in fifty a lot. That's their run stopping unit, and I do expect Justin Houston to play plenty, Melvin Ingram to play a lot on the strong side. Um, what will you be drinking during the game, uh, Stella Artois? So, beer is what I'll be drinking during the game. And I'll be sleeveless in my backyard watching the game in complete solidarity with the, with the team. Uh, uh, will Holland and Waddle play? Uh, same thing again. I expect Waddle to play. Holland, I do not know. Uh, Alf, do you think that the Chiefs will have design runs for Mahomes to test our, our defensive ends, our edge players? A great question. They haven't done that that much this year, but uh, if you watch Patrick Mahomes play, he's a he's a, a scrambler for a uh, he's an opportune scrambler. Okay, he looks for the opportunities to scramble. Uh, you keep, you don't keep your pocket integrity. He'll take off. Do I expect them to take off? Yes, plenty. So it's going to be important to keep him in that pocket. It's going to be important to tackle him. Okay, you can't allow him allow him to have a sixty yard rushing day like that. You can't do that. If he's somewhere around thirty yards, you're in the ball game. You know, you got a shot here. Uh, all right, uh, another question. Uh, so, offensive tackle over defensive end for the draft. We're talking draft already. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Um, but yeah, I, I like that Washington tackle. He's a he's a keeper. 
All right. Uh, somebody points out, uh, Kyle Krabs pointed out that one area we differ from San Francisco is they run against eight-man fronts at a highest rate. Yes, they do. CMC is called 34%. Yeah, 34%. Yeah, absolutely. Conversely, 8chan and Mostert are near the bottom at 10 and 12%. That has to change, but how? How does McDaniel attack eight-man fronts, more traditional outside zone? You got to call leverage runs. They have to be op- opportunistic, but McDaniel is the type of guy that is going to look for the opportunity to push the ball down the field, and he sees single high as an opportunity. Always has. And when you have Waddle and you have Tyreek Hill, you should always look at single high as an opportunity to have a one-on-one deep shot. So we're a little bit different than the 49ers in that regard. But as far as running the ball against eight-man fronts, um, you know, they've done it a little bit, not enough. But if they're going to do it, they're going to have to try to do it with, with some leverage runs because this team is has shown, especially as of late, that they're adverse to running it between the tackles or through the A or B gap. So uh, that's going to be key. I think they're still going to try to throw the ball. If they if they could get uh, you know favorable coverage, a favorable front, where they know they got a one-on-one with Tyreek or Jalen Waddle, they're going to try to take that one-on-one. Now, will the weather allow it? I doubt it. But we shall see. Crazier things have happened. And like I said on the on the preview show, uh, researching some of these sub-zero games, they all have the same thing. They, ha- they all have that typical run-run-pass offense. Run-run-pass punt, actually, <laughs> offense. And all of them always feature that one little breakdown in the game where there's a big chunk play that goes for a touchdown or for a big one. You know, Miami should be hunting that play. They should always be hunting that play. It's what they're good at. Uh, how important will Craycraft be in the run game? He didn't play the, the, the first game. He's going to be incredibly important. He's the best blocker they have at receiver. All right. Uh, this is going to be the, the last one. We're at almost 30 minutes. So Duke was bad in Baltimore and was not as necessary in the Bills with Baker back. How do you, we, how do we feel about Duke having to step up again? Uh, well, queasy, but... Uh, he is capable of playing good football. And in this game against that type of offense, you know, the dangers for Duke Duke Riley are not as great. Let's just say that. Okay? Uh, I think they're passing off a lot of that stuff that, that they tried to run on them in Baltimore. So I think they learned from that and they've adjusted from that. That ain't going to happen again. All right, I'll take one last one, and then we really are out of here. What will hinder the pass game? Temperature? No. I don't think the temperature will hinder the pass game. Snow? No. That'll actually help the pass game a little bit. Visibility? Nope. Wind? Absolutely. That's where it's at. Okay. Cold and wind? You're having a a very hard football. And you got to remember, they scuff these balls up before the game. Okay? They scuff them up sometimes during the week. Okay? So these balls were actually prepared sometime like in, let's say, Tuesday. All right? They pass them through a mud. You know, they try to, uh, not that they waterlog them, but mud has water. So when you cake on the mud onto a football and then you towel it off, you know, a football is kind of porous. So you're getting a little water in there and you expose it to these elements. 
football's going to get hard, really, really hard, okay, which will make it a little slicker to grab, but these quarterbacks will grab, will, will do a good job with that. First of all, they have bigger hands than most humans. Second of all, they're going to have uh, the ball boy instructed, keep these things dry, keep them warm, so they're going to get a fresh football very, very often, okay, on offense. All right. Uh, yeah, somebody asked, they mud them like uh, like a baseball? Absolutely. Yeah, they, they mud them just like a baseball. The same process that you've seen in those documentaries that they do to a baseball, they do to the footballs, and they do them for game week. Okay? They usually do it like on a Tuesday for a Sunday game. So so for, these, for this game, I don't know when the NFL delivered the playoff footballs because I believe that they have like a, a special logo for the playoffs. Uh, as soon as those things got delivered, they all got scuffed up and got them ready for the game. The only ones that are not scuffed up and, and prepared for the game are the K-balls, the kicking balls. Those are brand new. Those are untouched. Those come out of the box, and all they do is they pass a towel over them to get all the oils off of it. You know what I mean? And then they pass, they pass probably a brush to make sure they get all the chemicals from the factory off of it. So you could just get right down to the leather, and then those are brand new, and those go into the K-ball bag. Okay, but the game balls, yes, they're they're scuffed up all week to, and prepared for Sunday. That's why when you watch a game, notice when they kick the ball, look at the K ball. It looks brand new. It's like a bright brown, right? And then you look at the the game ball, and it looks like a dark brown, right? That's why, because they're all scuffed up. All right, guys, enjoy the game. Go Dolphins! Thanks for listening to OnlyFans here in a live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.